Welcome to Front Porch Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode number 30. So here's the deal. This is the end of season number one. I have had so much fun uh, putting these episodes together, putting this podcast together. It's honestly been um, something I look forward to every week. Um, But I think the best part about it for me is sitting on the front porch and listening and learning and growing And now having an outlet to be able to share a lot of what God is trying to teach me. So I hope this first season has been really helpful for you. And this is my encouragement, and it's been an encouragement along the way, is go deeper into these passages. There's so much more here. I am only just giving you a few thoughts, a few things I'm working through. There is so much here. Um, And maybe, maybe a suggestion about maybe go back to some of the other passages and listen to it again and maybe reflect on that passage, you know, make it a part of your routine uh, as we kind of grow and learn together. I think that's the thing I love most about this is listening to all the stories of people who are trying to figure out what it is that God's trying to teach them and using this uh, tool as an opportunity to grow together. So, Episode uh, number 30, this ends the chapter of, uh, of season number one. Uh, I'm heading into kind of a Christmas season that's a little crazy. Our son today came home from college. My mother-in-law shows up uh, in a few days. She'll be here uh, for a month. She's been doing that ever since Patty and I've been married. And, uh, and then all the craziness of going into um, this season as far as being a pastor. So it's a lot. There's a lot going on. And um, uh, so I know during this season, at this Advent season, uh, that we kind of slow down a little bit and we anticipate the arrival of the King. And so with that being said, um, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to take a break. We'll relaunch starting in January, three episodes a week. Um, Again, same format, same way. But uh, thank you for being a part of this first season. Uh, Feel free to go back and listen to all the other episodes, um, maybe some of the episodes that you missed. Um, But welcome to episode number 30. This passage to me, it means a lot. It's one of these passages that are referred to a lot. It's, It's actually a passage that's fairly misunderstood. At least it was to me for most of my life. And so I'm excited to teach through it. But one of the things that as I was thinking about this passage that it reminded me of is um, that how uh, impatient I am and how God has used my wife in that particular area in my life. Uh, my wife has the inability... I really do think at this point, we've been together for 23 years. This month, we'll be married for 21 years. She has the inability to be on time for anything. It's like uh, there's a joke around the house. Like if we know we have to go somewhere and I'm like, listen, we, we need to leave at this time. She'll take a shower. She'll start getting in the shower about five minutes before we need to leave. And and so I just, as a young guy, I had no idea about what to do here. So I just did what every young guy does 
and I decided I'm going to change my wife. I think I can make this better in her. I'm going to change this in her. And I just want to let you know, hey, listen, if you're newly married or even if you're dating, it just that's just going to go bad. It's just not going to go really great. And that was the case for me. It just didn't go really good. It, it, you know, it, it, she bucked that system. And it was me always going like, babe, come on. We have to get there. I've just learned it's one of those kind of things like, She's just late. That's what it is. And it's okay. And I've had to learn to be patient with that whole process. I'm somebody who, for the most part, likes to be on time. I don't like being late. Um, but she just has no problem being late. You know, I'm a uh, a campus pastor at, at, at our church. And and my wife is, is literally late every single Sunday. She's 10 to 15 minutes late every single Sunday. And you know what? I don't even say anything about it. It's like, it's okay. You know, there's all these other amazing things that she does and I'm just not going to fight it, but it's taught me patience. And it's reminded me so often um, how impatient I am, how that really is a weak place in my life. I remember teaching the kids, you know, how to eat food. I remember what trying to teach them how to ride bikes and so on and so forth. And I realized I am just not a patient person. It is not something I'm good at. And as I read this passage, it's so convicting as it relates to that particular idea. Because the passage is this, in Revelation 3.20, he's writing this, writing this to the church, and he says this, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. For most of my life, this passage was an evangelistic passage, right? Like, listen, Jesus is just waiting outside the door of your heart. And if you would just let him in, he's going to save you. And he is your Lord and Savior, except that this is written to the church. This is a letter written to the church. And um, God is, is talking to John, who's on the island of Patmos. And John is sequentially going through these different churches. And he's giving uh, both um, um, some words of encouragement and then also some things of like, this, you need to work on this. And in this particular passage, he's speaking to the church. This passage is to Christians. It's to Christians. And so, if you call yourself a Christ follower, you've made a commitment to follow after Jesus, this passage is for you. And I don't know where you are in your faith journey. I don't know if that journey for you has been a really great thing. I don't know if that journey has been up and down and really difficult, but this passage is to you. And I really do think each and every one of us needs to listen to it. This passage for me is a passage I come to quite often as it relates to the patience of God and, and, and what it's been, why it's been so overwhelming for me and why it's been convicting to me as I just realized I really lack in that area. And when I sit back and reflect on this passage, it teaches me so much about who God is as opposed to what I perceive him to be and who, you know, I am. So, what is God trying to say in this passage? You know, if you sit back and you think about this passage, you can't help but think how patient God is here. And I've heard it said that God is a gentleman. 
right? In this passage, God is a gentleman. He's not, he's not like CIA. He's not kicking down doors. He's not special ops. He's simply just waiting patiently. He's waiting here patiently. He's not pushing in. He's not going like, you better if you don't. No, he just waits patiently. And I just kept thinking in my life, what a patient God we have. I I can honestly say I would struggle so deeply with this. He has created us for his glory. We are to worship him. We are supposed to be light in the darkness. We're supposed to be salt and light in this world, like a city on a world, on a hill for the world to see. But so often we just lack there. We miss. And what he's saying to Christians is, look, I stand at the door and I'm knocking. Think about somebody standing outside of your door and they're knocking and then they kind of stand back and they're waiting. They're waiting for you to open the door, right? They don't kick down the door. No, they're, they're waiting for you. And this is, this is what God is saying. He's like, look at how patient I am. I'm knocking on the door of your heart, knocking on the door of your life. I'm not kicking it down. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going, coming after you. I'm waiting patiently. I'm creating an invitation for you and for me. So why is this so important for us to understand? I think it's this. Think about the disciples. You know, I tend to, when I'm confused in this world, when I'm trying to figure out what to do, what I I tend to do is I kind of pull back and I go, how did Jesus do this? And how did he treat the disciples? The disciples were just kind of a hodgepodge of guys, right? They were nobodies in their society for the most part. And, And Jesus invites them to be fishers of men to redefine their occupation, redefine their identity, but they just misunderstand. They call him rabbi. They call him teacher. They acknowledge at times that he is the Messiah with not really truly understanding all that that means. And, and they, there's this, uh, this passage, I, I can't remember what episode we taught it in, but where the disciples, all he asks them, all he asks them to do is like, look, I just need you to pray for me. I'm overwhelmed. I'm going to the garden of Gethsemane and he's weak and he's just crying and he's overwhelmed and he's, he's bleeding, like literally bleeding as a result of being overwhelmed. And he just asked the disciples to pray and they literally can't even do that. They can't do that. But here's the thing. He doesn't like reject them. He doesn't go like, sorry, you're off the team. Like you, you didn't make the cut. Like you're, you're awful. Like he knows Judas is going to betray him. And yet he walks alongside of Judas. That's mind blowing to me. It's mind blowing to me that the disciples have followed him for three and a half years. And he just patiently walks alongside of them. Even when they get it wrong. And here's the thing. He does the same thing to us. He just patiently walks for us, waiting for us to truly understand who he is and what he's doing. He's not shoving us along. He's not shaking us and go, you idiot. What's wrong with you? You don't have this figured out already. Are you kidding me? Do you know what I've done for you? He doesn't do that. He's patiently waits. He waits. 
Like, and as I thought about that, I thought of the father who waits for the prodigal son to return home. I see this father on the front porch of his house in a rocking chair, praying for his son, his prodigal son. He's praying for him to come home. And this is the, the picture that you can have in your mind of who God is. He's not cursing at you. He's not, he's not saying, how dare you? He's not pointing his finger in your face. He's knocking at the door. He's waiting for us to come home. But what is our responsibility in all of this? Is we need to hear his voice. So I wonder this, are you listening? Are you really listening? This is what I'm learning on the front porch. This is why I'm out there. I just need to listen. And I'm listening to the scriptures. I'm listening to his voice. I'm listening to the birds. I'm listening to the wind. I'm slowing down. I'm taking it all in. When I'm in the ocean, I'm listening. I'm listening to what he's teaching me as I encounter the waves, as I see these, as I see the sun or the see the sun rise and the sunset, as I see these dolphins cresting in the ocean. As I see sea turtles, every once in a while, I'll see a sea turtle out there. It's amazing. I'm listening. Are you listening? And if you're listening, what is he telling you? This is, he's saying, look, if anyone hears my voice, right? Are you, do you hear his voice? So what he's saying is if you hear my voice and he says this and opens the door, what that is, is obedience. Are you hearing his voice and are you responding to the invitation that he is extending to you and I to open the door and to invite him in? Because what is the response of God to his people once they listen to his voice, listen, actually listen to the knock on the door? Listen to his voice, invite him in. He says this, I will come in, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. It threw me back to John 15, it says, I am the brine, uh, I am the vine and you are the branches. That there is this connectivity that is happening as we invite him in and it's where we find life. It's where we find root. And then it reminded me of John 17, where it says that we are one. We are one with him and that he loves us and he cares for us. He cares. He's asking us to abide in him. And he says, I'll abide in you like a branch to a vine that we really become one with him. And we start finding all that we've been looking for. All that we are looking for will be found behind the door that God is knocking on. But the problem is we're such distracted people. We get sidetracked so easily with the culture around us that we can't hear his beckoning call to you and I. So my suggestion to us is to slow down, listen, and invite him in and his promises that he 
will come in. This is the gospel. This is good news. Truly good news that Jesus created us a way for us to be right with God, to boldly go before the throne of God, to be able to open the door and invite him in. So what I say to you and to I is this, you and me is this, accept it and then live in light of it. You see, the good news is only good when we receive it and live in light of it. So the question is this, how has God been knocking at your door, at the door of your heart? And how will you and I respond? Oh God, we thank you for patiently waiting for us. Give us the wisdom to invite you in. So take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is nearer to you than your own heartbeat. Until next time, season two. Cheers. Thank you.